and welcome to the What the Gaz Junction podcast. I'm Chris. And today I'm chatting with Ray Gelato. So, time to blow your sax and sing your swing. Hello, 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 and welcome to the final episode of Series 7 of the Watford Jazz Junction podcast. As always, if you like what you hear, do let a friend know and subscribe on your player, or the unthinkable might happen and you could miss one of our valuable weekly episodes. You can visit our lovely website at watfordjazzjunction.com whenever you like, and to book tickets to see our gigs here in friendly Watford, including the Tony Kofi Quintet and their enthralling Cannonball Adderley gig here on the 12th of February next year. Just three £5 notes will get you access to the good stuff. Now, to business. Today, I am joined by one of my most favourite and entertaining musicians, host of Coffee with Ray and his own Ray's Parlour podcast, not to be confused with Ray Parlour of Arsenal's podcast, The Swings and Passes of Bebop Jazz, my guest is the heppest swinger in town, a man who makes sense of R&B, rock and roll and jazz, a Soho legend, Mr Christmas from Ronnie Scott's, a swinging gatto from Big Italy to Little Italy, the natural choice to play Paul McCartney's wedding and to headline more festivals than you can honk your tenor at. It's the man with the smoothest, sweetest voice in Europe. Whew. It can only be Mr Ray Gelato. Ray, hello, how are you? I'm very well, Chris. Thanks for that nice introduction. <laughs> I couldn't have said it. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Absolute delight to have you with us today. Uh, where are you speaking to us from? Where about in the world are you? I'm in. Uh, I'm in Ealing, West London, from my front room, my sitting room in my house. Very nice, in the bosom of Gelato headquarters. Yeah, yeah, Gelato Towers. And are you? Have you always been a Londoner? Oh yeah, I grew up in West London originally, Latimer Road. Uh, oh yeah. Which we used to call the arse end of Labrook Grove because it was so rough <laughs> growing up. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, I've always been a London and I, I moved south for a while, then I moved west about 20 years ago. So when you were a little lad up the Latin Road, were you, uh, were you into jazz or was that thing that no. came sort of later in life? I never knew yeah. what jazz was. I only got into jazz when I was in my early 20s or late teens. Uh, and I was oh, just... so about 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, to be honest, Chris, just growing up with the music of the day, you know, yeah. which was the 70s, which was all what was on the radio. But I, I love my dad's records. My dad was a rock and roll fan. My dad's from the States. So okay. he, when he came over in the 50s, he was stationed over here in the Air Force. He had a great collection of vinyl, you know, he bought over. So I really grew up with things like Bill Haley's Comets, Little Richard, Fats Domino, Sammy Davis. He loved a little bit of Dino and Sinatra. Um, so no jazz per se. No, he was a rock and roller, my dad. And that's how I first started really listening to that sort of music you know several people reference their the impact either of a, a parent someone that takes you under their wing to sort of tutor you a bit on you know a bit something special on the side or a record collection how influential do you reckon the record collection has been on you as you as you got older do you sort of look back to it frequently in your, massive in your head? yeah because i've still got some of my dad's albums they're all worn out and there was like bill haley and the comets live on stage and the wham of sam oh. sammy davis and um I, I used to play my saxophone when I first started to play along to those records, the Fats Domino stuff. And, you nice. know, I could listen to them now with fresh ears and they're still great because the soloists you see were jazz players. They were doing sessions. So they all had, they weren't, um, they weren't beginners, you know, they were, they were studio bands in a way. I mean, Haley's Comets were, stu- were studio bands. The guitarist was with Benny Goodman. So I realized then I wasn't wrong in understand, in listening and thinking how, how good the music was. Uh, and it was a great way to learn to play your saxophone too, because it was simple enough not to baffle me, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I spend a lot of time thinking about jazz, as, as I guess a lot of people do if they if they sort of get their ears into it. 
And ultimately, though, it comes down to the blues, ostensibly. So yes, I think, does, you know, yeah. if you're mastering your instrument, yeah. why not play along to Fats Domino? Why not long, play along to pop songs and stuff? Because, yeah. you know, the, the modular stuff is 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 the basic. The, the interesting thing is what you do over the top, right? The problem is with a lot of jazz education is, and I was in the jazz education uh, 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 system when I was younger. I used to go to courses. And they were, right. But some of them teach you to run before you can walk. And that's what I find is the fundamental problem with a lot of musicians that uh, they disparage the jet, the uh, simpler stuff, but in all essence, some of them can't play it. You know, you ask somebody to play a blues at this, that tempo, da, 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 yeah. they can't do it. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm not knocking anybody, but I'm saying that sure. I believe the rhythm and blues thing gives you a, and those R&B tenor saxophone players gave, gives you a great grounding on, so, te, uh, on sound and timing, you know, and uh it certainly did me so many favours because from that you can elevate and you can, I mean, that's how John Coltrane started for Christ's sake, playing in bands like Earl Bosdick. And it's, it should never be forgotten that sort of music, you know? No, I mean, absolutely. I don't think, uh, if you, if you look at it with a, with a brain cell switched on, you're not telling me Sonny Rollins or Charlie Parker, or any of these guys suddenly hit the, the, the ground running and playing bebop runs they were learning something from from scratch you know Absolutely. they were teenagers picking up an instrument and getting used to just music in general and, and, and they know, did and, you happened. know Bramford Marsalis actually said I was amazed in an interview I read with him about 10 years ago he said all those guys learned to play R&B even Dizzy Gillespie had a sort of an R&B type band in the early 50s and um uh, Sonny Rollins, his favourite saxophone player, when he took it, were Coleman Hawkins for the cerebral thing and Louis Jordan for the gut bucket, as he oh. called it. Yeah, check that out. Nice. It's, it's amazing. So uh, I think it's a great way to start. And I'm pleased I started that way because it gave me a good foundation, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, if there are any young, young, young folk listening or people picking up an instrument for the first time, listen, listen to to Uncle Ray because he yeah. speaks, uh, he speaks wisdom. But now you've mentioned Louis Jordan, it's made me think of another Louis, um, Louis Prima. Yeah. Was was he in your dad's collection, or was that someone you discovered later? No, he you must know, be my dad didn't right? really. My dad was uh, well. He was a. My dad was a, a teenager in the early fifties, I guess. So. He yeah. wasn't really aware of Louis Prima so much. Sure. Um, in the service, he saw Louis Armstrong, because he was in the US Air Force, and he saw Louis Armstrong, he saw Gene Krupa, because they had these package shows where they'd come to play for yeah, the troops. Yeah, yeah. But no, I got involved with Louis Prima a little bit later on. Um, somebody played so what's me... what's the story there, then? Well, oh. the story there, I was, uh, I, I, I was away with a couple of friends somewhere, and one of them said there was a jukebox. He says, have you ever heard this guy? I said, no. And he put it on. It was Prima singing Bonacera. Uh, and I thought it was I thought Prima was a black artist for a couple of years I didn't realise he was an Italian guy because he p- performed and sang with that sensibility and um, I was knocked out ever since you know and uh, became a bit of a Louis Prima nut actually I loved his uh, <laughs> I loved his happiness and I loved the way he sings and, and his band was fantastic I mean talk about great musicians they're an amazingly drilled band you know right 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 I mean I'm glad you said happiness because I was chatting to my sister this morning and, you know, just having a natter. And I said, well, I'm speaking to uh, Ray Gelato later. And um, she said, oh, what's he like? And I said, well, I don't know. But fundamentally, I just love his happy music. You know, just everything about what he does or I listen to makes me smile. And she said, well, he's got to be a good guy then, right? And I was sort of referencing a Christmas show. And I've seen you a few times, but a Christmas show where I had my parents and my parents-in-law there type thing. Um, and everyone was just sitting there with this huge grin going, oh, you know, because they're all into different types of music, aren't they? Yeah. But you have this ability to bring people together, which sort of transcends the sort of music as so much as makes it a, 
an open an open invitation for everyone to get involved. Is that the sort of vibe you're after? You've got it in one, yeah, exactly. And I, and I learned that vibe from playing a, a, a live circuit from the late the early eighties, which which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of live gigs in pubs and clubs, learning what the audience wanted. But to be really honest with you, I yeah. learned that from people I saw live. Like uh, uh, Cab Calloway, I saw him live. Lan- Lionel Hampton was a massive influence on me because I saw his big band a couple of times and they were so good. Uh, and mostly younger guys with a couple of the old guard, like Arnett Cobb on tenor, which was amazing, yeah, big te- yeah, Texas yeah. sound. And that knocked me out. And Ham- the way Lionel Hampton put the show across, I thought, well, you can be, a- you can aspire to be a great musician, but you can also be an entertainer. And uh, when I saw him play, and also Sam Butera, who was Louis Prima's sax player, I saw yeah. his band in Vegas. He took over the band when Prima died, went into the coma. And so all those people were a massive influence on me. Saxophone players like Illinois Jacquette that would put a show across. Dizzy Gillespie, I saw, who would put a show across and sing a couple of numbers and have the clowning thing with James Moody. So I thought, do you know what? No, I believe, I believe that's you perform the way you are. And if you perform like a Miles Davis or a John Coltrane, and you're more of an introverted performer. That's absolutely, that's the way you are. That's honesty. And I'm an honest person because I'm quite an extrovert. And that's the way I think I perform. Um, and I think if it's in your personality to do that, you'll do that. And if it's not, you won't do that. And you can't force yourself to do that. And that's absolutely fine as well. And that's the point yeah. the critics completely miss. They completely miss. They don't understand. So I've got- so I've got a question here, which I sort of pre-written, which says something along the lines of, you're a serious jazzer as well. Yeah. You know, who are your heroes? But ultimately, I'm more interested in actually asking you about that streak of honesty, because you're authentic, right? You're yourself, and I think that's what most of us should aspire to be in life. But you must have listened to your fair share of Coltrane and Davis, as well yeah. as Dizzy, etc. I love it. I put it, sort of- I put it on now. I, I, Of course, I listen to all sorts of jazz. I mean, I must say, I'm not a fan of of avant-garde jazz, but I've even learned to appreciate and really get a lot from people like Roland Kirk as well, because I can really yeah. hear the blues in those people. So um, I'm not struck with, I'm not struck with what's coming out the last maybe 30 years, what I call the college kind of jazz, because to me it, it just sounds, and I'm not talking about every player, of course, but a lot of it sounds to me very formulaic. A lot of these people advertising their lessons on Facebook and that, uh, I don't like that formula. We've all got a formula, but I don't like that formulaic way of, of particularly playing. I think it's I think it's done a lot of damage to jazz music for the musicians and the audience. But that's just my personal opinion. I learned a different yeah. way. I mean, I think what would trouble me is if a if someone picks up a horn and they're sort of scared or overwhelmed by what they think they yeah. should do. Oh yeah, sit and pick up a horn, hit some drums, do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. But somehow the weight the weight of jazz or if you're a classical musician that weight of the the classical canon of music is like you know what are you doing are you enjoying it and and Mm. all of that and other things will come right but i i sort of think i agree about that jazz education thing it's um it's important in in so many ways but in other ways i think it can be a a business it's a business and i'll tell you what that that it's great to take a lot from it but never forget that the most important things are your your ears and to listen to records and figure things out for yourself a lot of the time rather than just looking at it. I teach a few students and I tell them, don't look at the written page. Learn things as much as you can by ear, you know, and listen, listen, listen. Listen to the greats. It's all there. And once you consolidate a bit of musical knowledge, I always tell people to learn the solos note for note, not the fact that you're going to copy it and reproduce it on a gig, which I really hate. I hate that retro 
kind of, uh, what's it, uh, glass case art sort of thing. And I never put myself in that category. But I like the fact, um, I think the fact of learning from the greats is so important. It's so important because if you know what they're doing, you can sit down and have a lesson. with. I've had many lessons with Lester Young. Never met him, but I've sat and listened to his <laughs> records. And then I've analysed what he's done or Colin Hawkins. The sad thing is for young players that I find is that they didn't have what I had. Because I got into it in the early 80s and whatever, the jazz, the rhythm and blues, rock and roll. And I was, a lot of my heroes were, were around. You know, and mm. I managed to see him. I saw people like Illinois Jacquet, Count, ba uh, Count Basie, Lockjaw Davis, Stan Getz, Sinatra, uh, Bill Haley and the Comets. I saw them, rock and roll. I saw Fats Domino many times. I've worked opposite him on festivals. And I saw the way these people would do it. And it was a different way of performing and I'm I think I managed to get the tail end of that and uh it's quite sad sometimes that younger players don't have that anymore I'm not saying there's not great artists around now there is but that older school way of doing it I think I was um, massively fortunate to learn that and I became a better player and a better performer for hearing those people just hearing them the sound was in my mind when I came home from hearing Eddie Lockjaw Davis and I thought I'll get my saxophone let me see if I can reproduce that and I couldn't but there was something that I heard live that you, 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 it just went through my body, you know, and I, I can't describe how wonderful it was, you know, exhilarating it was. I couldn't sleep that night. Wow. Here endeth the lesson. Wise words, Ray. Honestly, <laughs> I think it's fantastic. And I hope loads of people, you know, people take, uh, take note of what you're saying, but, you know, sort of maybe apply it to how they're thinking about the world and, and where they fit in. Yeah. And the, you know, the engagement with the audience is, is a big deal, you know, and it should all be, should be there for everyone somehow. Um, so your Giants have had some illustrious members over the years. When you're looking for people to play with, what, what, what sort of, what are you looking for? That same spirit? Or does it not matter so much when you're on stage in a big band? I've had extroverts and introverts in my band. And, I, and you know, I've still got extroverts and introverts. I look for someone who can play their instrument. I look for somebody that can read quite well. Uh, I look for someone that's got a good attitude. That's it. And they don't have to leap about on stage. Most people end up getting in the spirit of the band anyway and having fun. But we haven't got any set choreography routines. I mean, we do one number where we come out and do some dance steps. It's quite funny, middle-aged men with stomachs <laughs> now doing them and, I, and the audience like that. We do a few little things like that. But um, basically, I, I, I'm looking for good, good, you know, top musicians, but good people. And uh, most people I've worked with in my career have been uh, good people. I specify most, not all. Uh, and right. they haven't lasted because I can't, I, we can't tolerate that. I'm not, I'm not having a bad attitude or anything like that. And uh, if someone was like that, they're the wrong person for what I want to do, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally here. So what do you make of the London jazz scene, Ray, sort of as it is? I've got a sort of inkling now, but it's been going through something of a renaissance, you know, certainly in the last decade. And it's growing and it's bringing in, you know, new ears to the, the art form, so to speak. Do you feel very much part of that scene? Do you feel no, like... Uh, no, no. You're watching over it? I'm or? nothing to do with it, really. Uh, I, I'm not in an arrogant way. I'm part of the overall music scene. I'm part mm. of the scene where I feel like I play to jazz audiences and non-jazz audiences and festivals, non-jazz festivals. So I, I'm on the fringes of the I'm the the, mod, the new jazz scene. I'm, I'm nothing to do with it whatsoever. However, I think it's extremely healthy that young people still want to play the music. I think there's some immense talent out there and there's people with chops that, that I will never have and most of maybe people from my generation won't have. Whether they're all telling a story or not is a different matter. I think, some, I think like anything, some of them are and some of them aren't. I'm very proud of a lot of the young musicians. I think it's fantastic. I've, I've used some in my band who have come up. Yeah. And there's some phenomenal talent there. Uh, 
I'm I'm not as knowledgeable necessarily about the jazz scene, what's going on as as I should be. What I mean, the current one, mm. but because I follow music in general, you know, I don't categorize it that way. I say I'm very happy that the music seems to be growing. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Greg Folk, uh, the pianist, was saying something similar an episode or two ago, but just saying he's going to be really interested in what those guys are doing 20 years from now yeah. and seeing how they're they're adding it because they'll have more stories to tell, so to speak. There's great people, you know. There's like the Kansas Smitty guys who are playing retro. Well, I say retro, so they're playing music from the past like I'm doing, but they're also doing the same way that we used to do it. Of They're trying to make it fresh. They're trying to make it vibrant for young people. And that's the bloody point of it. Because you know what? We're all playing the same 12 notes. We're all playing the same notes. We just put them in a different order. Styles are irrelevant to me if it's fresh and you play the music fresh and you're writing material, which we're trying to do. It's very important. It keeps the music vibrant. I've, I've no time for glass case art. I really haven't. And I've no time for these reparatory concerts, uh, a recreation of the Duke Ellington, a recreation of this. I, I've been offered to do those things. I have, but and the people have said to me, would you do a pri- tribute tour to Louis Prima? I says, no, absolutely not. I'm nothing to do with a tribute to Louis Prima. I do four or five Louis Prima style songs in my set. But the rest are other stuff as well. And I, I don't want to get involved in that. And I think that's where the new jazz scene with the younger guys is probably healthy because people are doing their own thing, writing their own music. And uh, it's 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 good, you know. I just wish I was up on it a bit more. <laughs> so, Ray, are you ready? Because it's time for Chris's quiz of the day and a little round that I'm calling Ray's Big Night Out. Yeah. Are you ready? Well, I, let's see. I hope so. Okay, question one. Ronnie's 2021 or 1959? 1959. Question two. Champagne or scotch? Scotch, any day of the week. (laughs) I predicted that one. Question three. Best espresso in Soho? Bar Italia or option two? Who knows? No, I'd say say Bar Italia is the best espresso if Luca the barista is making it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, nice shout out for Luca as well. Okay, question four. I think you're something of an expert on cigars. I am not, but I've got Ramon Alone Superior... Or the Romeo e Giulietta Anya Dos, or something else. What cigar should we be smoking, right? Well, if you've told me, I mean, there's a bunch of other ones, of course, but I do the Ramon Alones. I think they're a great cigar. Question five. Have three scoops of best gelato, Ray, but would you like those in a waffle cone or in a tub with a spoon? Just a tub with a spoon. He's a purist. Question six. And my final question. I'm just going to tally up quickly. Hold on. You're doing remarkably well, Ray. Uh, So final question. I've never been out in Soho. What does a night out with Ray look like? Well, we'd have we'd have coffees in Bar Italia early evening and a couple nice. of drinks. And uh, then maybe we'd eat next door in Little Italy, which is the finest Italian restaurant anywhere. Or we'd go for a, we can't go for a curry in the Gopals anymore because it's closed down. And then, uh, and then we'd have a few, we'd go to the whiskey club, which I'm a member of in the vintage house around on, uh, on, uh, Compton Street. We'd have a cigar or someone could wait with me while I had mine and had a beer and a scotch. We'd have a couple of scotches and we might end up at Ronnie's. We might try to blag our way in, depending if someone like Claire Martin or Curtis Dykes is on, I'd, I'd get in there, you know. Or Simon Spillett. I like Simon very much. He's a yeah. fantastic uh, guy on the scene, uh, multi-talented writer and sax. I love him. He's a big fan of his. Anyone like that, 
And then uh, if we didn't go to Ronnie's, we might try to go to the pizza or we'd, we'd stick around a whiskey club and smoke a few more cigars and just chat. I, I'm, I'm up for the quiet life now. In all honesty, I don't go to nightclubs much, even even music clubs now, because I've, yeah. I've spent my life in them, so I like to sort of get away. You know? <laughs> hey, Ray, we're all joining you for this night out. Sounds absolutely fantastic. And you saved yourself from a perilous score there of looking like 9 out of 10. You've ended up with 20 out of 20 because you got bonus points for that lovely night out. Uh, which does put you top of the Ray Gelato quiz leaderboard. That's amazing. Can I ask how you feel? <laughs> I feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should. So, right, serious time. My set question for you, Ray Gelato. You entertain and you teach, but what is the line between having the best time ever and being the best in time ever? Discuss! The balance for me is to practice as much as you can when you're younger to get every bit of fundamental knowledge that you possibly can. You know, you learn your, your scales and your fundamentals and you do what we've talked about earlier, you're listening. And then you can have a good time later on. It doesn't mean you should stop practicing, but a lot of musicians my age still practice. I still practice, but I don't practice like I used to um, because life, I've, mm. I enjoy other things in life now. I enjoy my children, but, but music's not everything to me anymore. It's a lot, but it's not where it was. Some guys can practice 10 hours a day and maybe not be that happy. There's a lot of jazz musicians that are unhappy people because and that intensity sometimes comes with Im immense gifts. I'm probably glad I never had those immense gifts. I mean, I was very talented and I could learn and I was always told I was a natural musician, but I'm not, I'm not a gifted musician like people like Alex Garnett, I would say, or, or whatever there. I've worked with those guys. Mm. Um, and I'm kind of glad, not that Alex is disturbed. He's a marvelous guy, happy guy, but I have worked <laughs> with geniuses and they've been, um, quite difficult people. And I think that you've got to balance it. You've got to get your fundamentals. You've got to do the practice, the work. But you've got to have a damn good time as well. Otherwise, what's the point of it? I like that answer very much, Ray. So it's top three album time. Which albums do you find that you go back to again and again? Well, again? I always go back to Illinois Jacquette, the saxophone player, because he's one of my favourites, a Texas sax player. He yeah. was one of the greatest of the swing players. And the reason being is he combined the stars of Coleman Hawkins, Lester Young. Apparently, John Coltrane was very, very much enamoured with Illinois and Rollins and those guys. He was before them, you know. Yeah. And I love his construction. I love his melodic construction, but I love that big sound, that beautiful controlled sound. So I'll go back to an album of his called Swings the Thing, which was recorded in the 50s, oh. um, because obviously the recording technology was better by the 50s on Verve, and they had the top quality studios. And that's it's an album with Roy Aldridge. And it's just sub. If you want to listen to Illinois, I'd recognize that. I'd recommend that album to any saxophone player. It's fan absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Amazing. Do you know what startles me, Ray, is that we've never had an Illinois jacket um, recommendation. I'm amazed. Or jacket. Um, so, yeah. There we go. I mean, he's, he's come up, yeah. if you know what I mean, in conversation, but he's never, we never had the album presentation. Revolutionary player because he was probably one of the first rhythm and blues players that kicked. He was a jazz player that did that sort of uh, rhythmic one note kind of thing for the, and he influenced all those rock and roll and rhythm and blues players and some free jazz guys and, and people like Train, you know, they sure. would say that in interviews, you know. So we've got him locked in. Right, you've got two more spaces. Who else should we put on the... Uh... It's got to be Louis Prima album, The Wildest. That <laughs> is just... No, I'll tell you what. Wait, wait. The Wildest show in Tyrehoe because it's recorded live in a lounge in Tyrehoe, Lake Tyrehoe, and you can hear the bloody fruit machines in the background and you get people talking and the atmosphere of that band, you can imagine everybody's... The audience are kind of hammered and uh, 
it's just phenomenal. Musically, it's great. And you've got a lot of great solos by Sam Butera and a lot of great vocals by Keely Smith. But you really hear the band and uh, it captures what that band would have been like in the uh, in the late you know, mid to late fifties and the atmosphere of the mob guys probably being in yeah. there. So that I, that's an album I can go back to time and time and time again. And they do stuff like then their eyes and come back to Sorrento, the saxophone player. And it's just, Oh man, it's a uh, amazing, amazing, exhilarating album. Awesome. Right. The wildest show in Tyho. It's called the wildest show in Tyho. We've got it down. So there's only space for yeah. one more, Ray. Well, it's got to be Sinatra's Songs of Swinging Lovers. Ah. Uh, that's an album I go back to time and time and time again. And it, look, it's like anything, any any art that's good never dates to me. And you can listen to it time and time again. And it's, it's that's just, uh, that's Sinatra at his best. Amazing. And it's Sinatra at his best vocals and best songs. And uh, it's just an album that I'm, uh, 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 it, it's pure genius. Uh, up there with any High art classical music, in my opinion, that album. So we've got Illinois Jacket, uh, Swings the Thing, Louis Prima's The Wildest yeah. Show in Tahoe, and Frank Sinatra's Songs of Swinging Lovers. Yeah. Bam! Yeah. Nice work. I mean, I love a million, I love hundreds album, uh, hundreds of albums, but those three, if I had to uh, take them on a desert island, I'd, I'd have those. They'd three. be the ones. And I'd play the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So finally, it is time to sort our house band. Some say, well, as you know I do, that it's the most eclectic fantasy band in podcast show business. Currently, we've got Jerry Allen on the piano, Paul Motion on the drum kit, Ron Matthewson on the bass, Joe Templey on baritone or bass saxophone, uh, John Hassel on trumpet, the wonderful Norma Winston on vocals, and thanks to Zoe Rahman last week, we've now got Alice Coltrane on the harp. Now, Ray, your task is to remove one of those musicians if you fancy and you think they need a break. But most importantly, to bring in a new player from any point in jazz history. Who shall we be adding to the house band? I'd bring in Alex Garnett on the tenor saxophone. Nice! Because he's one of my... Alex worked in my band for 20-odd years and I've never worked with anyone so talented and so nice and such a, a, a player that plays with so much heart. So I'd put... I'd put I'm not going to put pick some from the past. I'd put Alex in there. Slap bang in, in he goes. And we like Alex very much. Uh, and he knows his way around a cocktail or two. So I think he'll be a, a good influence on the band. So listen, Ray, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, but what we all want to know is what you sort of got coming up in the in the next few months. How can we hear you, see you? What, what, what? Well, we've all we've all struggled out of the pandemic. So it, it nothing's as it was. And it's slowly corporate. But we've got a, November, I've got two dates in Spain. Ooh. I've got, um, at, the, at the moment, I've got a, a festival in a town called Lugo, which is deep in the north, and then I've got Clamores Club in Madrid. Wow! Okay, that's the ninth. That's the twenty-first and twenty-second, uh, and then I've got uh, um, the next real one, big biggie. I've got is Ronnie Scott's at Christmas time, nineteenth nice. to the twenty-third of December. Our residency, two shows a night, four nights, and then I've just got a last-minute uh, a booking at the Pizza Pizza Express in Dean Street. They've um, they had a cancellation and they have asked us to do it. So I, I'm doing that and Roddy's don't mind either. So, so. When, when's when's the Pizza Express one? New Year's Eve. Oh my God, it's the big one. So they can all rock up. New Year's up. Eve party. Yeah, I haven't had a New Year's Eve gig for a couple of years. Uh, oh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then in February, uh, subject to everything still being on the um, the straight and narrow, so to speak, yeah. we've got the Blue Note in Milan for five nights, oh. which will be the 10th to the 14th of February. Oh, in Italy going yeah. back to your spiritual home in Italy so to speak right hey? yeah 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 that'd be really nice so you know uh, um, it's it's looking optimistic and we've got a new album coming out oh have you which is going to be out 
Yeah, yeah, it's, we recorded it in lockdown. Everybody recorded their parts individually, which we never thought would work in a million years. We did it as an experiment. And uh, we got better and better at it. So we kept honing our skills. And Miles Ashton, who we mentioned earlier, put it all together for us, you know, in his genius way. Yes. We went round his house and mixed it. And it's it's called Locked Down But Not Out. And it's it's gonna, it's out now. Oh, who came Available up with that title? Website. That's very, very good. I did. I did. It's, the, it's it's one of the tracks that I wrote. I wrote nearly the whole album in lockdown. I, uh, and so it's uh, it's eighty uh, percent original material, all new new songs written during the lockdown. So if we want to get hold of that bad boy to put it in our Christmas stockings, is it available to buy from your website online? Where, where do we go? Absolutely, it, it, it's available from www.raygelato.com. Yeah, yeah. Download available as a CD and also a download. Awesome. Wow, fantastic. I look forward to hearing that. If you've liked what you've listened to, subscribe, as I say, or you might miss an episode. And if you want to know more about the Watford Jazz Junction, check us out at watfordjazzjunction.com or follow us on our various social media. You can also email us at jazzwatfordlive at gmail.com. And I think there's still time to enter our podcast anniversary competition. Just email is one to jazzwatfordlive at gmail.com and you shall go into our draw. So next time, we've got something of a special, as we're heading to India to launch Series 8 in conversation with the director of the Bangalore School of Music and a jazz fusion guitarist, Jagadish Madambi, along with his partner in crime, Madhuri, as members of the fantastic fusion band, Munara. So until then, it's goodbye, lovely listener. It's goodbye, the fabulous Ray. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. Uh, Stay safe. Remember to connect with something new. And take care. Bye. Bye.